Hey, hey, welcome to Coffee and Devotions this Monday morning. This is where every weekday morning at 9 a.m. and on the weekends before my kids wake up, we work through just a little bit of the Bible, and in the whole year, we'll get through all the Gospels. Well, this morning, we are at Matthew chapter 22, so we are beginning Matthew chapter 22, and we'll be reading from verses 1 down all the way down to verse 22. Well, let's go ahead and get into God's word together this morning. But first, coffee and prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for the way in which you are working in our heart, how you are teaching us and caring for us and loving us. We thank you for this ordinary means of grace, this way in which you have given us to, to know you, to know what you desire. God, we pray that you would open our eyes to understand these things today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 1, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and fattened cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And, they, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. He said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The next pericope or the next story. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. He said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. 
All right, so we have two different stories here that we need to look at. They are tied together in, in both who they're talking about as well as in the stories that came before in chapter 21. So let's go ahead and ask ourselves, A, what is this about? We always start with A, what is this about? What would you write in the margin of your Bible? Just a little one-sentence summary getting at the heart of what this is teaching. What would you write in the margin of your Bible? Let me know. Go ahead down in the comments. Just let me know. What is it that you would say is Jesus talking about here? Well, I think in the margin of my Bible, I would say Jesus tells a parable about a wedding invitation and the Pharisees being destroyed while sinners are invited in. Now, that might be a big a big sentence, but I, I think that's what Jesus is saying here. Because remember what we had just looked about before. What we had just looked about before was that parable where the wine, where the vine dressers killed the servant and eventually killed the son. And Jesus right again tells them another parable and tells them about a king who has a son and there's a wedding for the son and he sends out an invitation for everybody to come to the son's wedding and what do the people do who are originally invited? Originally those who were the Jewish leaders, those who were the chief priests, those who were the religious people of the time? They make fun of him. They make light of it. They are more worried about going to their business. They're more worried about trying out their oxen. They're more worried about their own affairs, their own things, their own money than they are about the kingdom of heaven. And they make light of it, turn down the invitation, and God is furious. Right? The king is furious, and so he destroys them, destroys their city, and instead he tells them to go out and to invite everybody on the streets in, good and bad. Good. Oh, thank the Lord for those bad. Thank the Lord that he's saying everyone is now called to the wedding feast. That it's not only those who are perfectly clean, but indeed he gives us clean wedding garments to wear. And those who try to come in in their own wedding garments, he says, are like that friend that he sees who's at the wedding feast but is in his work clothes. They come with their own works instead, and he throws them out. Right? We come to the wedding feast with an open calling by God, and we come to the wedding feast fully clothed in those garments that the king provides for us at that wedding feast. But it's interesting that those religious leaders aren't the ones who are allowed there. Again, let me encourage you, remember what we looked at on Friday, where we can pray without faith, where you could be religious without belief. The question is, do we hear the voice of Christ? Do we take heed of the promise that's laid in front of us? Will we cry out like those children, Hosanna to the son of David? Is he truly our Lord? All right, I think that's what, that's what this is getting at here. And I'm going to say the best verse that I'm going to underline here for this section, right? We always ask, A, what is this about? B, what is the best verse? I'm going to say the best verse for this is verse, verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. And I might, just as another underline, just, just for my memory, I'm going to underline verses 9 and 10 as well. I'm going to put them in a different color so I remember that. 
But I think those are important verses as well, that the wedding, that the invitation, the wedding call is sent even further. But then we have this second, uh, this second one, and this is, this is the, the one about the, pro, the Pharisees are wanting to entangle Jesus in his words, right? They're wanting to get judgment on him. They're wanting to find an excuse, a reason that they could easily hand him over to, to Pilate and to the officials and say, look, he's an insurrectionist. He's the one trying to cause all this trouble. He's trying to stop the tax money. Let me tell you, you try to stop paying taxes and you will be taken out. Right? That's, it's interesting that Al Capone was not sent to prison for all of his murders, but was caught up for tax evasion. Uh, just interesting here that this is what they're trying to do. But Jesus perceives their wickedness. He tells them, pay unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God. What is God's? And when they heard these words, they marveled and left their way. So in the margin of my Bible, I would write, this is not necessarily talking about taxes. It does teach us that we need to pay our taxes. Romans chapter 13 also tells us about respecting civil magistrates. But I think here, Jesus is, the point of this is that they are trying to entrap Jesus, but Jesus will not be killed on their terms. Jesus is going to be taken to Pilate, and the only thing that they are able to catch him in is his teaching about himself. That give it, th- give it time, and, and the temple is going to be torn down, and in three days it's going to be raised up again. Jesus is talking about his body, and that is the charge that they're going to take, that he makes himself equal with God. He makes himself a king, and thus if Pilate sides with Jesus, he's no friend of Caesar. And so Jesus is not going to be taken on their terms, but he perceives their wickedness, that Jesus is wise. So um, I don't know, how, how would you, how would you, in the, in the comments, let me know, how would you summarize this? This is a hard one, right? Because it's not just about taxes, but Jesus is getting to something deeper here. There's something else going on, why Matthew gave this to us. Let me know what, what you think. Um, I'm going to, in my Bible, underline verse 22. And I'm going to also highlight the first part, or all of verse 18. I think those two verses summarize that well. So uh, that, that's, that's what I think is the A, what is this about? B, what is the best verse? By all means, I would welcome you to down in the comments, let me know if, this is, if you think it's different than that. Uh, I, I am not infallible in this, and so I would love to hear your interaction with this text um, lastly, the last thing we have to do is we always a, ask, A, what is this about? B, what is the best verse? And C, what are we called to do in response to this verse? Well, I can only speak of what I am called to do in response to this verse. There is not a clear imperative. There is not a command here that tells us what to do. And so part of this is, what is God, how is God applying this in your life? So we're always taking what was the original meaning to the people at that time, and then we're translating it into our lives today. What is the core principle that applies to our life? And so let me ask you, what is it in your life that this is speaking to? What is it in your life that God is calling you to do in response to this passage? Is God telling you that you need to put away 
your own work, your own business? Is it that you need to rest in Jesus Christ? Have, have you been resisting the, the invitation of the wedding feast? I would encourage you to turn and, and go to Christ, right? What is it in your life that God is calling you to do? In my life, I need to heed what God tells here in verse 9. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many of you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. I'm going to keep going out and preaching the gospel to all creation, right? I, I need to go and make disciples of all nations, all peoples, all even people I don't like, the good, the bad, the ugly, and give them the free grace of Jesus Christ. I need to proclaim the righteous deeds of God. And so that's what I'm called to do as a pastor. Um, and, and that's, believe it or not, can be hard for pastors to, to go talk to people who might be their enemies, who don't like them, who shun them, instead of going to the people I like and purposely going and talking to people I know might make fun of it, might turn away. But indeed, I need to have assurance as well, though, that the wedding hall will be filled with guests. So that's what I'm called to do. Again, let me know what you think. Let's go ahead and pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are calling the good and the bad. Father, that it is not just those who wear pretty clothes or have perfect lives outwardly, Lord, but you are indeed saving sinners like me. Lord, thank you for the wedding or the wedding invitation that you have given. Thank you, Father, that you, the King, have invited us to come into your courts and to eat from your bounty, to enjoy you forever. Lord, let these truths be true in our hearts, foundational to our souls, and give us joy for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you today, and have peace.